I'm so uncomfortable, and I'm Julia. I'm a compulsive overeater. <laughs> this is my normal state, uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, I feel like you all have heard my story. This is my third or fourth time up here in this room. Um, but I know that's not true. Um, there are always newcomers and people that haven't heard me share. There are people listening um, that aren't here. Um, and, you know, my stories where I'm at now is different than where I was a year ago. Um, so, let's see. Um, what it was like, I always like to get through this quickly and get to what it's like now um, and get to the solution. But uh, what it was like, um, I was raised by um, a very unconditionally loving set of parents. Um, my mother was an, you know, undiagnosed compulsive overeater as far as I'm concerned. Um, my father was the child of a compulsive gambler. Um, so that was the, you know, addiction history in the household. Um, I was a surprise to my parents in 1967. Um, my mother was 39 and my father was 50. And although that's very common these days, it was not back then. So I always felt different and special and um, like I didn't fit in and like I wasn't like other kids. Um, so that really was the start of this disease, as far as I can tell, between watching my mother compulsively eat and feeling special and different um, in a way that didn't make me necessarily feel better than other people. Um, I, you know, I turned to food like, um, like I heard uh, just a few minutes ago. You know, I have a thinking problem. I have a spiritual problem. Um, it's not a food problem per se. That's just how it manifested. Um, so um, what, what that looked like for me is that after school, I would come home and I would eat. And, you know, mom and dad wouldn't be there. And um, so I could just eat, 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 and then have dinner. And, um, you know, honestly, I don't remember if I ate after dinner. Um, when I was still living at home. Um, I watched a heck of a lot of TV. Um, I somehow managed to be a good student. Um, you know, I somehow managed to end up before I came into the rooms um, 14 years ago, um, managed to end up being financially self-supporting, but I really think that was the only way I was self-supporting. Um, because I lived with a really nasty brain um, that was constantly, I was constantly beating myself up and, um, you know, getting mad at the world by eating and um, coming home after work, just like coming home after school 
and eating. And, um, you know, when I was young, my dad was my higher power. I turned to him for everything. And, you know, as an adult, I continually look for people outside myself and things outside myself to make me feel better. Um, I was daddy's little girl. I'm still still struggling with that because no man is never enough. <laughs> and, you know, so here I am, never been married, um, no children, you know, because of my disease, really. Um, no one's ever enough. Nothing's ever enough. And um, acceptance is, you know, it's a big lesson of this program, and it's, uh, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, so I was, you know, I've said this before. When I was a kid, I wore Sears um, Husky size. Um, but I see pictures of myself back then, and I don't look fat. Like, I, I don't even understand what was going on. The clothes fit me, so I must have been slightly overweight. Um, and then most of my life, um, I was, you know, in the range of 20 pounds bigger than I am right now. Um, and I was a mess. I was a mess up here. And you know it got it, and and the disease progressed it got to the point where you know as a young adult i was compulsively exercising um i was taking laxatives um i was going into you know i i my preferred uh oh, i don't know how to talk about this I, I got to a point where I wanted some kind of herbal speed solution so that I didn't want to eat. And um, I even had somebody in like one of those nutrition stores tell me, like basically say like the answer's not here for you because I came in like a crackhead. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was, you know, and then I was embarrassed. Um, and I had a close friend who's a nurse who um, I told her that um, I was bleeding from laxatives and she was she came over and she's like give everything you have to me give me your dieters tea give me you know and it's like okay yeah that's embarrassing um, so you know, the shame of my secret finally becoming a bit more public is probably what brought me in here. I also had a, you know, I used to binge at home alone, and I had a very public binge, which was unlike me, and that helped as well. Um, so it takes what it takes. At 35, I came into the rooms. Um, and... Um, you know, it's just been a process of becoming an adult, really. And um, the answers are all in the big book for me. Um, you know, that there's talk about 
I'm, I'm going to misquote. I'm terrible at quoting the big book, big book, but there's talk about sort of like an internal reorganization, I think. Um, and that's what I needed, and that's what I am receiving. I'm still receiving it. I still, there's still lots of reorganizing that needs to be done. Um, you know, I'm, and many of us are, I think, an isolator. I grew up, you know, my brothers were so much older than me that I mostly grew up like an only child. And um, I also grew up in a town, it's interesting, I gravitated towards all Japanese American friends. So, um, in the South Bay. Um, so I, you know, was special and different in my group and um, I just always filled that role everywhere I go. And, you know, I still see that. I walk into these rooms and I'm special and different. Everywhere I go, I'm constantly dealing with that tape in my head. And, um, you know, I'm learning very slowly that some of that may be true, in fact. And then I get to accept that. I don't have to be worse than everybody. I don't have to be better than everybody. There are some people like me out there. Um, so it just is what it is. Like, and, and some of this, I, I have to admit, is probably age too. You know, just like, I don't care as much about what other people think. And, um, this is me, you know, <laughs> and um, and I'm okay, and you know, I'm I'm highly sensitive. I'm an introvert, as I said. I'm an isolator, and um, you know, I just um, I just started grad school, and so I'm learning words like I'm an outlier, <laughs> which I like. <laughs> Perhaps I'm an outlander, um, and um, you know, and I'm not alone. And I'm not alone. I mean, there's, you know, I'm I'm reading the big book with a new sponsee, which I love, um, and you know, there's talk of the first two people that started Alcoholics Anonymous, and then you know, a few pages later. And there's hundreds of us, and, and it's like, and there's millions of us, and we're all over the world. And, you know, there's this program for so many things. You know, I, you name it, I can pick it up if it's outside of me to try to help me feel like I'm in control or just, or feel better, you know, compulsive shopping or compulsively, you know, checking for news on my phone. Um, and none of that makes me feel better. And in fact, it makes me feel worse. And um, it's difficult to control those impulses. It's really difficult, which is why I have to take my medicine, um, which is going to my meetings and talking to sponsees and calling my sponsor. And um, I just started the steps over again. And um, 
very, very slowly and having a hard time because I've got so much homework I have to do now. Um, but working a full-time job in a position of some authority, going to grad school on my computer at night, being abstinent, um, dating somebody, which is a really huge deal for me and very out of the ordinary. Um, <laughs> these are big things that I can't imagine would be going this well or happening at all if I was still in the food. Um, I've been at my job almost exactly the same amount of time as I've been here. Um, and, you know, I've gone from part-time worker. You know, I've gone from being the person who would take the stapler home. <laughs> you know, because I need a stapler. And, you know, use the stamps and all that stuff to a person who... Um, I, I'm so excited. I ordered a hole punch from Office Depot, and it's going to be here on Monday. Um, and, um, you know, and I use the stamps, and then I go to the post office, and I replenish the stamps. And um, so, and it just, it just feels so much better being this person that does that. Um, and uh, I learned that through work in the steps. Um, so it's, it's just so, this program is so magically transformative um, in every area of life. Um, so, you know, I have the same-ish body, um, but I'm able to connect with people more hide less, be generally happier in the world, um, not, um, not binge, that, that, not binge, not use laxatives, um, not think I need to be skinnier than I am. Um, my weight fluctuates five pounds, you know, here and there, and I'm not compulsively exercising, and I'm not dieting. And, you know, how is it happening? It's happening because I'm working the program. Um, it's happening because I have a higher power that I have to put first in my life um, and program. I have to put this, I need this before I can do the rest of my things. You know, I need to have a little chat with God in the shower this morning and, you know, on my way here and, you know, I need help um, all the time, all the time. Um, I'm so powerless and, um, you know, this program has taught me to take what works and leave the rest and look at how we connect and not how we are different. And if that isn't helpful for life outside these rooms, I don't know what it is. Um, 
And, you know, it's just a matter of, it's easy to say it's a matter of perspective. Um, but in order to have a change of perspective, I have to be willing to take suggestions. I have to be willing to ask my higher power for suggestions and help. Um, I have to be willing to believe that um, how it is now is just how it is now. Life is all about change. Our bodies are constantly changing. Everything's moving around inside of us. The world is constantly changing. Um, so if I'm depressed right now, which I, I'm still prone to depression, so that creeps up on me, um, now I know in no uncertain terms, this will pass. And, um, and I need to be willing to kind of to keep showing up because um, the disease lives in my isolation and the solution is in connection. Um, and that's really hard for me. Um, I'm not someone that has a huge network of friends. Um, I, again, just to, just to harp on my special indifferentness, um, you know, I'm kind of a weirdo. Maybe, maybe we all feel that way about ourselves, but like, I really, truly believe I'm kind of a weirdo. And, um, and that's okay. It's not, it's not a put down. Um, you know, two of my favorite musical artists in my life passed away last year, and they were two huge weirdos. Um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, thank you. And, um, and I felt so connected to, you know, what they shared with the world. Um, so it's not so bad to be a weirdo. And, um, you know, just to share sort of a, a more a current story, um, you know, I had this experience last week where I went to see... Um, a blockbuster film, which I do not normally see. I like the quiet, talky films. And um, I felt assaulted, literally assaulted. And I walked out of the theater angry and feeling like, why is this so popular? Why was the theater packed? You know, why am I so special and different? You know, I'm, I am not of this time. I don't belong here. That's, that's a constant, too. Um, you guys have heard me share before that I'm kind of, technologically, I'm kind of a Luddite, you know, no Facebook, none of that crap. Um, but I've also learned that it's because it doesn't feel good for me, and I get to listen to that. Um, so anyway, I, I, I went with a friend and fellow to this film. We got to connect afterwards. Driving home, I was angry and manic. And so I called this friend up and she picked up and she talked me through the ride home. And then I texted another close friend before I went to bed because I just couldn't settle down. And then the next morning I had like a hangover from how I felt assaulted and I called another friend and eventually it took like two days, but eventually, you know, I felt okay. 
So, you know, I got information from that, you know, bad experience. Um, I was willing to make connection, which helped greatly, you know, to just like, I'm not alone, not alone. And um, normalize and, um, and then it passed and I get to make different choices. I can go back to my old ways. I was right um, <laughs> about not putting myself in those situations. And um, yeah, uh, gosh, do I have like a minute, two minutes? <laughs> two minutes. Um, that's close enough, probably. Um, I'm proud of myself. I think I shared some different things this time. I know I shared some of the same things, but um, I, I think I'll, I'll stop there and we'll move along and there'll be questions. Thank you. Okay, this is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the, that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself uh, because we're being recorded. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Uh, okay, who would like to ask a question? Uh, the question is, do I have a daily practice? Um, yeah, I do. Um, so I have a lot of daily practices. <laughs> a lot. It takes me like two hours in the morning um, to get right before I enter the world. Um, so... Um, I meditate for 10 minutes. Um, it's not the first thing I do, actually. It's just something I do in the morning, wherever. Um, I take a call from a sponsee. I call my sponsor. Um, I have coffee. <laughs> I stretch, which is really important for me. Um, I make my bed. Which is kind of, it's, you know, I learned that in here, actually. Um, feed the cat. <laughs> um, I think that's basically it. Um, I missed uh, in the beginning you said why you felt uh, different and special. Uh, so the question is why I felt different and special. Um, so being um, a surprise to my parents, um, you know, being, being the, having brothers that were 14 and 16 years older than me and just feeling very different than my friends and the kids around me and my relatives kind of um, uh, drumming that into my head as well. <laughs> That's where it started. Thank you, Craig. Um, so I had a majority of my kids 
strengthened my relationship. Uh, but I always want more. So I'm just wondering if you could talk about your relationship with your dad and maybe how program has changed that. Let's talk about that. Did you talk about your dad with you? Oh, thanks, Michael. <laughs> so the question was um, if I could talk about my relationship with my dad and um, how program has changed that. So, um, you know, I honestly don't know if program had that much of an effect on my relationship with him. Um, because we were always so close and there was always so much mutual support and love. Um, And I'm trying to think how long ago. I guess it was three and a half years ago now that he died. And um, I'm still having a hard time with that because of how close we were Um, you know I got to make amends to him prior to him becoming overly frail Um, you know and it was one of those like what are you talking about it's nothing I don't you know you know you were just being a kid because when I was an adolescent as most adolescents do you know I was like I hate you because he was very um, overprotective Yeah, I. And then I didn't, you know, just to carry that over to my relationship with my mother, she died like 20 something, 24 years ago or something like that. So I did not get to make amends to her. Um, And, you know, our relationship was a little bit more fraught and also a little bit more distant. what I what I do get to do now is change the way I operate with my brothers. Um, I have one brother that's uh, very sick. Um, he's kind of the black sheep of the family, and yet we remain close. Um, and you know. He knows what I'm doing. He knows what I've done. He knows that, you know, three and a half years ago or something like that, um, I entered another 12-step program. Um, He's not interested in participating. Um, And um, he's really sick in many ways. And... um, I get to just, it's not a very reciprocal relationship. I get to just be there for him and set some boundaries. And, um, and that's the best I can do, listen with love and show up with love. And um, he's got his own higher power. Um, and I get to share words like that with my other brother who um, who has a harder time with with his sibling because they're only two years apart Um, so you know it's interesting becoming the matriarch of the family Um, you know when I was like the little kid sister Um, 
the program has played a big role in, um, in helping me with that. In the back. How do you find your higher power? Um, how do I find my higher power? Uh, when I got to step two, I actually wrote something like a want ad for the God that I wanted. And, um, you know, it was, it was similar to the man that, you know, I'm searching for. Um, but, but of course, much, 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 much bigger and broader. Um, and, um, you know, and I kind of honed it into like a half a page of, you know, my God is this, 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 so that it was easy to read. And um, in the first, God, it might have even been decade, I read that thing every morning um, before I meditated, uh, just to remind myself who I was working with here. And, um, you know, and I just had to put down all the skepticism and all the all the judging about I've had to do that a lot, you know, like I'm beautiful, I'm special, like all that kind of like self-talk that I thought was really stupid um, coming in here and, um, you know, reliance on God that you you can't prove, you know, there's no there's there's no science to it. Um, I just had to put all that aside because I see that it works for people. So, okay, so I get to I get to make up a God. Okay, great. And then I just rely on that. Um, so I, I, I guess that's it. I also feel like there's some connection to my intuition, to that quiet inner voice that the disease is always, you know, saying um, F you to. That, that that little voice is God too, you know, or, or God's child or something stupid like that. Um, I, I try not to, I apologize everyone, it's not stupid. Um, but you know, that's how I, I came in here. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so much. Can you talk a little bit about, um, you talked about feeling assaulted at that movie theater sort of following the masses. How do you, Balance um, being part of the mainstream and not isolating and still honoring who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the question was how do I balance being part of the mainstream and still balancing who I am? Um, without falling into that isolationist without, without falling into isolation. Um, Gosh, I do, I've I've got a lot of boundaries, and what that means for me is I don't have a large social circle, because big parties don't work for me anymore, and, you know, going to do the thing that everybody's doing doesn't usually work for me. Um, 
So it means I need to be proactive with the people that I do want to spend time with and the things that I do want to do. Um, asking usually just one friend at a time if they will, if they want to do this thing. And um, with movies, I often go to movies by myself because I'm so particular <laughs> and quirky. Now, I can't, I still am not at a point where I'm comfortable going out to eat by myself. <laughs> that feels very lonely to me. Um, but I can do a movie. Um, you know, I just, I need to make sure I do at least one social thing a week, ideally two, but if I go a week with no social plans, I am bombed out. I start, I start going into the bad place. And then, you know, and then I have to make a point to reach out and try to make some plans. And, you know, sometimes all five of my friends or whatever are busy. They have families, they have partners, you know, busy lives. So um, it's a constant, um, it's constantly something I'm working on. And, you know, now I, get, now I get the excuse of, I have homework. So it's not just me sitting at home watching TV, it's me actually doing something esteemable for myself, which, which is really nice. Um, yeah, and then I, I, you know, my relationships are with people who, who totally get me. And I, I was in um, Hawaii with a dear friend a couple years ago, and we went snorkeling, and it was the first time I had ever done that in my life. And um, I got a little seasick, my, you know, my, just my body in the, in the ocean made me a little seasick. But it was also amazing, and I couldn't stop. And um, so when we got back to land, I felt kind of ill. And, you know, it was time to go have lunch. And we went to this place, and we walked in. And it was packed with people waiting in line. And the menu was huge, and it was up on a chalkboard. And so it was like, you know, we walked in, and I was overstimulated. And so I told her, I'm overstimulated. I can't make a choice right now. And I went to the bathroom and took a few minutes and came back and then reminded myself, you know, I don't have to rush here to pick my lunch. And, you know, worked it out and felt better within a few minutes. But it's just, you know, kind of listening to... Um, to God, to my inner voice, you know, whatever it is that's telling me, like, this is this is uncomfortable, this, this doesn't feel right, take care of yourself, you know, just... Diane? Thank you so much. Could you talk a bit about um, how your relationships with your friends, peers, work have changed sort of from a feeling of intimacy for you, and also how it is uh, dating for you. How, okay. that emotionally? how have my relationships with friends and peers um, changed for me, in intimacy, and, and how do I handle dating? Thank you. Good, maybe I'll only have enough time to get through the friends and peers. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Um, wow, I, I never saw my part before. I just never saw my part before. Everybody, everybody else was wrong, bad. What about me? What about me? You know, like a little kid. <laughs> me. And so after doing the steps, oh my God, I have a part in everything. And oh, I can't even tell you. I was one of those people that after I read my fifth step to my sponsor for the first time, just a huge weight was lifted off of me. Um, it's such a relief for me to know that I'm not a bad person. And at the same time, I have a part in all these relationships I'm pissed off about or, you know, things that are uncomfortable. And so now that I'm practiced in looking at that, I come to my friends from a different place, you know, with more humility and more empathy and more even if it isn't said in my head is you know this could just be my crazy but i can we talk about <laughs> something or other and um and actually the same thing is true you know now that i'm into a um a proper relationship um with someone who i can communicate seemingly everything to um you know, I, I got it in my head last week that he didn't like me as much anymore. I don't know where that came from, honestly. And um, we hadn't talked for like a week and a half. He lives out of town. So, you know, it was like some texts. And um, for people for people listening um, to the podcast, I'm, sh- I'm shaking my head. Um, so I thought, oh, well, I can call him. I can call him and actually ha- make a connection. <laughs> and so we didn't have to, I didn't have to say, is something wrong? Do you, do, you know, we got to just talk and communicate and share our week. Everything good. Nothing to worry about. Um, so, you know, my head just tells me lies all the time. Just stories, like historical stories. And um, so what's different is my social circle is smaller because people that I can't speak honestly and intimately with, I don't really need them in my social circle. Um, so, you know... Uh, I, I guess that's that's probably enough. Am I am I out of time? <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes. Okay, one more question. Have you ever relaxed? How do you feel about Have I ever relapsed, and how do I feel about long timers in relapse? Um. I have not relapsed. I have slipped. How that's defined, 
I don't know. It's, I think it's up to our, our, you know, our higher power, our sponsor, and ourselves. Um, trifecta. Um, uh, I, I don't have judgment about long timers who relapse, or you know, any of us, because we all have this disease. It manifests in so many different ways. You know, I. The only the only way for me to go through life is to try to keep turning to love, and connection again instead of judgment. Um, thank you. I'll just I'll just I'll just really briefly say that that my relapse are you know are around going through you know big changes. Um, having anxiety and um, you know I've learned to just get back into program you know up my tool usage um, which is why I've started the steps over recently and finally stood up and said I'm available to sponsor again um, thank you